Shalom, shalom. So yeah, this is going to be a special episode. It's a Spotify exclusive where we are going to be learning about Tisha B'Av because that is what is tonight and tomorrow. And specifically, I mean, it's been mentioned. We talked about it a little bit on the post for 17th of Tammuz, uh, a fast day three weeks ago almost to the date where um, essentially one of the primary things that we commemorate is the walls of Jerusalem being broken down the first time. Correct? In St. Thomas, yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. That's the, like, the one right. of the walls being broken right. down. On the show today we have a, two very special guests, but one extra special guest because he is a man that I call my Havruta, Havrusa, uh, as someone, or Havrusa, <laughs> Havruta, different ways of saying it, depending on your Jewish background, and essentially the the person that you learn with, you know, you develop a relationship with them, study partner, study partner, but it's also your friend, you know, he'll pick you up from the airport like late at night if your Uber's not working, like that's the kind of guy this is, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of guy you are. If I call you and I tell you, dude, I have no other way. Nobody else is answering. You're the one I'm calling. He's like, I'll be there in like ten minutes. Ten minutes. Takes me fifteen, you know, because I gotta get dressed. He'll be there. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Mizrahi. Rabbi Yaakov Mizrahi works at. Yeshiva Elementary School. Yeshiva Elementary School. It's here in Miami Beach. Miami Beach. Yeah. Yes. And he is an educator of Torah and Judaism and all the beautiful stuff that is in the Torah. Yeah. That's what I'm putting Right? I like it. In the Torah like and, and the lifestyle that comes with it. And so as a special uh, opportunity tonight, we are going to talk about Tisha B'Av. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate being here. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really First podcast it. ever. First podcast ever? Yeah. We're, we're, cool. Welcome to the 2020, bro. Yeah. The well, 2020. It's good to this be This is what here. you have to do. It's good to Zoom be and here. podcasts. Zoom and podcasts. Everyone's got a podcast. On Spotify. Right. I'm going to have something very specific with like a certain audience. You know what I mean? A niche. You need a niche. That's what we got going on here. Yeah. So, Tisha Bob. It, we've been we've been joking around here because I guess we're enjoying these final moments of uh, not final it's gonna be back we're gonna be joyous right. but very soon it's being recorded. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but the final and, moments before right I mean obviously if Mashiach comes amazing Amen right Amen this is the last Tishabov um but either way, about was it twenty four hours from now? We are, or yeah, twenty four hours from now, we will be, you know, sitting on the floor. We had, we we just beginning a fast for the next twenty five hours, and it's going to be a very sad, sad twenty five hours where we not only talk about the two major events that happened on this day on the Hebrew calendar, both of the temples destroyed on the same exact day, very different time periods. So. Right, first temple, what year? I'll find out. Um, but no, I should know. <laughs> I should know, I should know. Um, but essentially it's in addition in addition to in addition to both temples being destroyed, there you know, there's a plethora of other things that have happened. Right. Um, so I mean the main the main yeah. thing that, that brought upon Tishabov is recorded in Chumash, uh in Parsha Shlach. Where the Miraglim Moshe sends spies to um, to check out 
Eretz Yisrael before they go in, that's Israel, and uh, and um, you know to to see what the deal is with the, how strong they are, how easy is it going to be to conquer, and uh, and they come back. I mean, it was, it was an amazing land, you know, ten, twelve of the finest men were sent, and they came back, and and I mean, it was, they, they saw amazing stuff, and instead of saying good stuff, they interpreted it as bad. So as a result of that. I'm making a very short, fascinating story, but but uh, as a result of that, uh, they made all the Jewish people cry because they're complaining. You know, we left so, Mitzrayim to here to to die. The Gemara says that Hashem told them. Right? Hashem said, if you you cried, cried for no reason, then this night it was this night of Tisha B'av that happened. That event happened on. Um, I'll give you reason to cry. If we're talking about both temples. You know, and like the height that we needed to get to to even build the first temple, because the first temple, the fire was always on, right? Right. Descending from, right? That's what we say. And then it, it wasn't like that for the second temple. Right. Right. So, obviously, we reached a point in the first temple where it was like the Jews must have felt for, like not forgiven, where it's like it's like we we atone for the sin of the of the Maria. Right. Which is which is dangerous because the, the mission of us says that you always have to be, you know, on the ready. You know, not on the ready, but like be careful not to. Sin, you know, he can't be. There's a story of Shimon, a Kohen Gadol, right? And I'm sure you know he was a Kohen Gadol for 80 years. Mm-hmm. That means for 80 years he went into Kodesh Kodeshim and came out alive, which is amazing because we knew there were a lot of them that weren't worthy and they were, they had to be pulled out dead. Uh, he did it 80 times and lived. That just shows you how holy he was. And after that, he something happened and he went out of there, as I say, which means he he became not religious anymore. Mm. So. It teaches us, you know, you always have to be on the ready. You can't be comfortable, like, oh, we're good. You know, we we did what we did our part. We're good. We're right. in a good place with God. Always have to be on the ready because the Yitzhar the evil inclination, never stops, never stops. So you're always gonna be on the ready. Not easy, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worth it. I don't know, people people associate so many like not negative things, but it's like, yeah, either neutral or negative things about religion, and right. they don't realize that it's like. Uh, don't I want to see it as a religion, and it's more of like a faith that puts you on the right path, right? You know what I mean? And it's like it's like it's just this is a lifestyle that you're going to be happy, right? Yeah. I think too many people view God right. as being but the happiness level is high, right? Yeah, well, amongst the Orthodox, especially in the should have been there community. yesterday when someone got engaged. We had a whole chayim. We have a brain if you're chabad, you know what that is. <laughs> Whatever you want to use. <laughs> chabad thing. But yeah, they drink. Yeah, they drink. Yeah, it's amazing. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of people have this image of God as being, you know, uh, vengeful God, you know, Holocaust, etc. It sounds like it when we talk about it like Tishbub in this way. Right, that's like what, the whole that's, day. That's what I'm trying to get back. Yeah. Right, but, uh, but it's not like that. You know, God ju- just wants our best. Just wants our best. Right. You know, and you can ask, there's a concept of Judaism. Um, if so, then, then if God just wants to do good, then why do we have to work? Why do we have to work hard to get, you know, food, parnasa? Because that's life. Right. Program. So they, right, but but it says because because God is so good, that he doesn't he, right. He wants to give. We know this concept. He wants to give good uh, in the best way possible, not in a way which is called nahamadikisufa, which means bread of shame. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go and you get something without working for it, that's called it's shameful to get it. Yeah. So God does. He's so good that he wants to give you the best for you in the best way possible. So he makes us work for it. In other words. Even even when he gives us good, he does it in the best way possible. So it's not true that God is vengeful or is upset. You know that's how we view it. 
it's how the, whatever right. you know but living in this world can't, also God can't can. view it by, by you can't view it and say that um, you're the one that earns it right yeah yeah because you have to really look at it and be like everything's from him right right there's a Gemara that says even that there's a Gemara that says that mais onen adam chai gever lachatav the Gemara explains that a person can't complain about anything that happens to him because just the fact that he's alive is unbelievable <laughs> you know right. like think about how many things have to yeah. go right for you to be alive you know, before I was, I became a rabbinic person. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I was, I was pre-med. You know, I took the MCAT. I took all the things, and and the amount of 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 grat- gratitude I have for God has grown immensely. And there's so many things that could go wrong. Like so many things. You know, medical school, right? Yeah, med school students spend a whole year on pathology. Like what could go wrong in a human body? So like it's like a whole year, and that's like not even touching the tip of the iceberg. So, yeah, it's, it, you know it's unbelievable. You know why a lot of Jews are doctors? My mayor. Because at one point Jews had a very specific jobs they could do. Yeah. So it was either like loner, banker, uh, right. you know, or and then the the rabbis didn't want to do either of those, and they couldn't get paid for being rabbis. Right. So they became doctors. Right. The next best thing is saving a life. Right. I love it. I thought it was a joke. I was going to do like the snare. Yeah. I wanted you to think it was a joke. That's why yeah. it's, still, it's still a joke. I think the whole reason why we got you know on this conversation was because we're talking about like what led what happened on Tishbev and what led up to Tishbev. So I think that if we reach right up to the second temple, right in the in the exile that we're in right now, uh, it's you know our our tradition and our history. You know, records that the reason it happened, one of the main reasons it happened, is because of Sinat Chinam. Right? It was this right. culmination that, that of, of, you know, of years and years of, you know, idol worship, and, you know, we lost 10 of the tribes, right. depleted to two. The kingship was, you know, rotten. You know, I, that's why you ask any regular Jewish, you know, day school student, they'll tell you they'll probably only name three kings. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a joke. That's a joke for the Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good um, one. It's a good, it's a good one. one. <laughs> um, all Orthodox, modern, ultra, the whole. Um, so, right, Sinat Chinam. It's, you know, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Um, so Sinat Chinam literally means Chinam uh, is free for no reason and Sin is hatred baseless hatred I think is the way that, that they translate it um, yeah I mean it, it says that the thing that God one of the things that God despises the most is separation between Jews um, in fact you mentioned the two you know the first temple the second temple in the first temple there were there were what's called nisim gluim like miracles with fire coming down very special things you know the fire the fire coming down from heaven didn't happen didn't occur in the second temple so the question is why second temple they, they were doing those three cardinal sins so the three cardinal sins are gila rias um, immoral relationships um, avodah idol worship and Shichus um, Damim, murder, right? Spilling blood. So those are the three cardinal sins. We have in Judaism, you're not, if, if it's a life and death question for you, you have to, you have to do it. If it's a question of your life, you got to do it. Someone put a, puts a gun to your head and, and says, I'm sorry, you got to do this, whatever, immoral. 
act. If somebody puts a gun to your head and says murder this person, right, can't do it. Can't do it. Right, you, I, it's better I, to I die. This idol can't do it. Right, even though and all the mitzvot in the no, Torah you should die for. With this person, don't. Exactly do it. right. So, so those are really, really bad, and they were doing that during the first temple. However, they they still got the first. They still got um, those special divine things where the fire came down from the sky okay. to accept the korban, the, the offering. During the second temple, they did not have that. And, and, and even though they were um, better in those three sins, however, um, they weren't as good with sinas chinam. In other words, they had, they had this baseless hatred um, which they were involved in. And that, uh, as a result, didn't allow uh, for those special miracles. So you see how big of a deal sinas chinam is baseless hatred. Right, 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 you know, here, there, in the first temple, um, they they were do at certain times during the first temple, they did these three cardinal sins, which are crazy. They're the cardinal sins, right? Um, and they still got these miracles from God. When you talk about like baseless hatred, it's a big, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the worst thing. God wants us to be one because we are one, right? We're all we all have parts of God, you know. Um, I mean, it's, I'm thinking now, it's a way to look at, about why baseless hatred is so bad. You know, we all have part of God in us, which is in the Shema, right? Um, yeah. And if, you, if we're separate, we're not together, it's like, so to speak, God forbid. Do you think there's like Sinatinam right now? 100%. That's why there's no temple. That's why there's, no, I mean, yeah. It's not about the temple, it's about Mashiach. Whatever it is, yeah, they're connected. I guess what I'm trying to get at is we only built the temple and then a second temple. This temple rep- represented something. Correct. But we could have continued existing as Jews and as Hebrews and as descendants of, of Yaakov yeah. without the temple. But Hashem, okay. Hashem and our connection to him, yeah. especially with David who had the idea to build the first temple, okay. <clears throat> it was so deep and so real that like it needed to be contained in this in, in this temple. Okay. We, we died when we were given this thing, is the Torah. The temple housed the Torah and it was the embodiment of Torah and God, right? Right. So it 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 obviously it needed to be created, and I agree. And we need another one. <laughs> another yeah, one, another one. Right. And we're gonna get another one. But my point is, the Mashiach would still come if we never built the other two. If we figure out a way to contain it in a different way, where it was in each individual person, you know, with the major, we would have the Mizbeach. We would have like certain things, but not this grandiose thing, right? That you can see for miles. Yeah, and this, you know, it's almost like a Zara. Yeah. Well, if, yeah. if you let it get to the point yeah. where you care more about the temple right. than Mashiach, well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the temple, okay, right? It's, it Fine. says in the sperm that if Adam Arishon, right, if Adam wouldn't have sinned. Um, so to speak, um, then he would he wouldn't have brought, he would have been that Mashiach that idea. Right, he would have been the Mashiach. Right, so there's not right. It's a different reality. the multiverse. at the same level. That's what Derech Hashem says. Right, yeah, but and there was there was there would be a. What are you comparing it to? Same to what? Same to when Mashiach arrived. Like when before Adam did anything, it was at the same level as when. And Mashiach arriving is that. So Mashiach, it's a return to that? Mashiach is a return to just that. Love that. Not to just that. Never heard that. Where's that from? Yeah, Derech Hashem. Derech Hashem. Oh, really? The way of God, written by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Nuzato. Ramchal, one of the best. He died when he was 39. 
there's a big hidush that he died because like Hashem said that's it I mean you you won like you know it's yeah, the things he did when he was 13, 14 he, was, he already memorized the entire uh, right. the entire Talmud and then was already right. was already like when he was already uh, like an expert in the Zohar when he was like 16, 15 yeah. or whatever and then he wrote this when yeah. he was 20 something you yeah. know He's Ramchal was, uh, I mean, amazing, amazing. I mean, he, he wrote, he wrote this. He wrote. Uh, he was Italian. He was Italian. Yeah, he was. He, was, he, was, he wrote this one in the Netherlands, I believe. That when he had to run away, he was persecuted. He, yeah, he's actually it's interesting. Uh, there's, there's, there's a source that he's the Gilgal. Um, the res- resurrection, the Gilgal. No, 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 reincarnation. He's reincarnation of Rabbi Akiva, and it's interesting because Rabbi Akiva, till he was 40 years old did not learn Torah. He hated Tamina Chachamim. And the Ramchal died at 40. So it's inter- it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, whatever. 39, 40. So it's interesting. Well, like, for his first... Whoa. Yeah. To like, to, to like, fit even oh, that part. Yeah, like that? I think the idea of Sinat Chinam was, you know, obviously very present in the, in the Second Temple era that led to this Galut that we're in right now. But I think it was present in every instance of you know bad thing that happened on this day I think on the Hebrew calendar something happened also by the time of uh, the Holocaust oh, the World God, War II yeah, and, the Span- and I can tell you I can tell you I can tell you the last three weeks we've had the most posts about the Inquisition one after another crazy dates that happened about the Inquisition oh, yeah. in these three weeks yeah so the seven the seven events that happened on Tisha Rav the spies returned with the bad report which Rabbi Mizrahi has stated both holy temples destroyed. The battle of Betar was lost. What is that, Rabbi? There's, it was a big city of Betar with a lot of people, and uh, oh, yeah. um, it was uh, they were all murdered and plowed. Their bodies were plowed, and uh, there was barely any remnants. So exactly. So deal. that plowing that the Romans did was also a year later on Tisha B'Av. Keep going. The Jews were expelled from England on Tisha B'Av in 1290 CE. We just recorded that. Uh, yeah. uh, in 1492, the edict of the expulsion was in 1492, the anti-Shabbat. Oh, words. deportations from Warsaw began anti-Shabbat. There you go. Okay, fine. It's fine. That's, that's terrible. Right. Yeah. They were, all they were going. They were going yeah. to Treblinka. Yeah, but no, you're right. Nothing like that. Um, no, oh, but that's wow, still. The, the bombing in Argentina was uh, anti-Shabbat. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know about? Do you know about this event? The Amiyan bombing? No. Mm-hmm. Which I trust very much. It's very sad. It was the 86 Jews well, were killed. The Hezbollah exploded in 1984, 1986. 1994. 1994. And they're still like, they're, you know, trying to find who's not trying to find. In 1994. Like, finding out more people. No, yeah, we still have no idea who it is. Who did it? So, so my point is that I think that there was an element of Sinat of this baseless hatred, you know, um, over and over again in these instances. And we'll never know the true extent because we don't know people on an individual level the way that we think we know them. But the way that we've experienced it as, you know, as a Jewish nation throughout all these years in all these different countries, all these different things, as we heard Isaac just listing from Chabad.org, everything that happened on this day on the Hebrew calendar, you know, it's, it's very depressing. And um, 
it's you know it's it's one way, it's one thing to just learn about these things and try to get to that you know that that mode of grief uh, on a natural level but one of the things that we do to sort of put us in that mindset is that we actually read through something that is called kinot kinus so kinus are different episodes in Jewish history you know things that happened on Tishabav not all of them happened on Tishabav but some of them did and um, just things that happened as a result of the Khurban as a result of so the it's like first person recordings people were present for these sorts of things or what was the, uh, like some of them but not all of them a lot of them were were um, I think well some of them were Rebbe Lazar Khalir he was a big uh, he was a big person who wrote these kinos um, and uh, yeah, he, he was way after that um, but just as, as a commemoration to what happened, uh, yeah. So we read these things. So we mentioned the 24 wagon loads of Talmuds that were burned, and we covered it on June 17th on the on the Gregorian calendar date in on our Instagram on this dangerous history. You can check it out. And the rabbi present was Rabbi Meir Ben Baruch, the Maharam of Rottenburg. Right, he wrote a Kina, Kina 41. On June 17, 1242, King Louis the Fifth put 24 wagon loads of handwritten Talmudic volumes, handwritten, before the, before the printing press existed, and he burned them, and Rabbi Meir Ben Baruch was present. So just to give an idea of what a Kina is, specifically, this is one of, you know, a first-person encounter of just a terrible atrocity happening either you know, with a sheer force of, like, the, the people around where, like, no one's stopping it. It's just, it's happening, and there's no one doing anything about it. Uh, and it's almost, it's replicated, right? So when we say that, like, it's not just Sinat Chinam amongst us, the, amongst the Jews, which is what happened around the Second Temple then, but it's Sinat Chinam of people against us, right? Anti-Semitism, to an extent, is based on hatred, because there's no way to explain it. When you try to explain it, there's no way to explain it. You know, that's why we're getting it back, because that's how we acted. So that's how but I don't think it's just us being punished. I think that it's just other people, uneducated people, who are using us as a scapegoat. Constantly, over and over and over again. Right. These these Talmud these Talmuds, Talmuds were burnt because they feared our Torah. They feared the law of Moshe. They they, they said it's over. They disregarded it, and we are a bunch right. of it's interesting. There's you know, we we won't give in. Yeah. We won't get rid of it. So they try to burn it. It's interesting. There's there's an account. I think. Same thing, sorry, same thing with the temple. Well, it's always burning. Yeah. They always try to burn us. Yeah, I've heard that Hitler wrote, um, maybe, I don't know if it's in my cop, but somewhere. Um, I definitely know it's true, though. That he wrote that the reason why he hates the Jews so much is because the Jews remind him that he has a conscience. That he has to work Conscience. Like, conscience. Right, yeah, like that, that some things are bad to do. Right, and he hated that. So he wanted to exterminate everything that has to do with it. Uh, right, no, I'm saying he's a long line of that. Right, right. right. That's, exactly. that's that's right. we just. My point is that you see it over and over again. Nothing right. new under the sun, right, right. King Shlomo? Right. And yeah, he was telling us, like, hey guys, you're gonna be going through a lot of things. And remember, like, things were repetitive, and it's a it's an opportunity that I think that we get from the universe, from God, call it whatever you want, right. to do teshuva, to to repent, because we're gonna be in the same situation. So how are you gonna behave? It's not just a test on us right. as a nation, but it's a test on humanity. It's right. a project. Hashem created everybody. Right. Only 
almost at 8 billion. Right. He created all of us. We're all part of this thing. We're right. all part of this thing. And he specifically chose the Jews for a mission the way that he specifically chose other peoples for missions. Right. Everybody has a mission. We right. have a mission. Right. And people are afraid of that mission. Right. So we now find ourselves in 2020, 5780, beautiful round numbers. I'm a big round number guy. Uh, we find ourselves in the freest society in the history of mankind, the United States of America, and Jews have to put armed guards at their synagogues. They, they have to fight online, pure hate speech and violent speech. They have to defend their dignity. If you're a Zionist, it's akin to being called a rapist. Like, sorry, a racist. I don't know why it's a rapist, but to an extent, yeah, they'll call us rapists. They'll call us that. They'll, they'll get. It'll get to that disgusting level. And so, I'm sorry, but whenever I bench, I guess I'm a Zionist. We're praying for Zion. I guess I'm a Zionist. Every single, every single time you bread, you gotta say this. Rebuild Jerusalem, the holy city, soon in our days. Blessed are you, God, who rebuilds Jerusalem. Am I a Zionist for saying that? Okay, call me a Zionist. All the time. All the time. Zion, Zion, Zion. And this isn't a political thing, and this is nothing against the other peoples that have always been there. Right, Yaakov? We always, we always found that interesting. In the Torah, it calls it the land. It almost rarely ever says Eretz Israel. It always says land of Canaan. And our conclusion was that because we have to earn it. Because the same thing we said it earlier. That's what God wants us to do. God is not going to give us this land. God is going to offer us this land. And we've lost it. Because we were literally told the land will spit you out. And we didn't listen. It happened over and over again. But now we're back. I'm not saying we're behaving. But I'm not saying we're not. We're trying to find our middle. We're trying to find our balance. I mean, it's a, it's a whole prayer. Number one, we always pray for Jerusalem. That's the thing. It's like, we're praying for the city because it means something more. We have this entire 25-hour day where we don't even wash our hands completely. We don't shower. We're sitting on the floor for half the day. We're not eating. We're not drinking. And we're reading, we're reading tragic accounts of different things for a reason. And people deny that reason constantly. It's incredible. This whole conversation that we're having right now about the black Hebrew Israelites telling us we're not real Jews. Who do you think you are? What makes you more of a Jew than me? Come on. You want to be Jewish? Come on, let's sit down and have a... We'll schmooze. We'll schmooze. This is what Jews do. We don't even have to get pastrami. We just have to schmooze with a coffee and some crackers. Have a nice time. We'll talk. We'll talk about Israel. Maybe you've been. You haven't been? You gotta go. <laughs> you realize that you don't have to do this. These, I don't know if you miss the way that they talk about Jews. They're calling us Jewish with a capital I-S-H. Because we're not Jews. We're Jewish. Like you turned a joke of ours into a, a slur. Whatever. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that we've, and, and this is the whole topic of this whole episode, is that we have seen bigger threats. We have been at risks that meant way more than the madness we see on social media nowadays and we survived and we're going to continue to survive and there's nothing anybody can do about it so tonight we mourn but we yearn for celebration and every single time we say the Shana Abba Yerushalayim 
and we don't just say it on Tisha B'Av. We say it constantly. Yom Kippur, Pesach. Because we yearn for, you know, being back, doing our thing. And we're halfway there. So, you know, hopefully next, right? It's, there's a whole there's a thing that Tisha B'Av is supposed to be, become a very happy day, right? When, when the Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes. Correct. Well, what do, you, do you know anything about that? Um, it's just that Tisha B'Av is called a Moed, uh, a time of happiness. So it's going to be when Mashiach comes, it's going to be a day of happiness. Interesting. It almost like it has like this, the same way that it has this potential for, for sadness and grief. Right. Grief? Sadness and grief? It has such an element of like, it could be the other way. So the keynotes are, are accounts that happened, uh, uh, you know, harrowing accounts like we're, we're about to learn. Um, they happened on Tisha B'Av or around Tisha B'Av. Um, just, you know, highlighting that theme that this day is... The three weeks, right? Right, 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 exactly. That this day, this, this time is, is not such an opportune time for Jewish people. So, I mean, there's a lot of famous ones. I just maybe want to focus on two of them. One is Kina 17, Yud Zayin, Im Tochalna. It's one of the famous ones. And the reason for it being so famous is because it's, it's if you read the English, I mean, Art School has a wonderful um, keynote, elucidated. Um, it's just horrifying. You know, you think you know what a horror film is, but the, if you read the keynote, it gives a whole new meaning to horror. You know, some of the things that are mentioned are um, women eating their children, um, you know, parents eating the the flesh of their of their parents because they didn't have any food what to eat. What's happening? It's during the time of the of the destruction of the temple. Um, you know, it was. You have to remember that there are four there are four fasts culminating with Tisha B'av that have to do with the destruction of the temple. It starts with Asar B'Tevis. Asar B'Tevis is when they siege. Siege exactly yeah, so on your design context for the cannibalism. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Right. It was siege for months and months. Right. Um, your time cannibalism. It sounded like you spoke about it already. Yeah. Was the 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 breaking the, the breaching of the walls and culminating with Tisha B'av the burning of the base of Megdash, um, which we want to build very very fast. But yeah, but Kina Yudain filled with horrifying um, accounts of what happened there. Uh, truly horrifying, a little bit hard to even speak about. There's uh, people dying, thousands of Kohanim, holy people, the priests of, of the Jews dying, uh, all these, you know, big deals um, that are happening during the time of destruction. And, 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 I mean, you ask yourselves why, you know, all these things that one could imagine, why all these things are happening. And the answer is in the Kina itself. I'm not saying anything new, anything fancy, but if you just look at the end of the Kina, and the number is this? 17, Yud Zion. So if you just look at the end of the Kina, when it finishes all these horrifying and, and, and terrible, terrible things that are happening, it finishes off with saying, but the Holy Spirit raged back at them, right? Woe unto all my wicked neighbors. Those tragedies will, which befell them, they publicized. But that evil which they perpetrated, they do not publicize. They let it be heard. Is it possible that 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 a woman could eat her own child? And they do not 
they do not ask why was it that a prophet, a priest, was killed in God's sanctuary. It's referring to why this whole one of the reasons that this whole account happened is because years before they killed Zechariah ben Yoyada, which was a navi. He was a prophet, and they didn't like what he had to say, so they killed him. They killed him in base Migdash. and 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 the kina. You know, you ask yourself, how could these horrifying ha- things happen? Murder, right? Right? Why? You don't murder after murder, right? And idolatry after idolatry, right? But, and but right, but I think sin it, after sin, right? You just you get sucked up in this world, right? But I think in essence, it's saying, stop, stop asking yourself, why are things happening to me, right. and ask yourself, yeah, what did I do to make this happen, and what can I do to change it? I think that, in other words, I think that's a more, that's a more, you know, that's something that we could bring. I mean, thank God, thank God, we have no clue what this means. To be so starving to have to eat a child, you know, it, it doesn't even make it's not something attainable. But the idea behind the keen, I think, is very something that we could really, really take to heart. And that is stop asking God why things are happening. We really spoke about it in the beginning. Stop asking God why things are going wrong. Look at what you're doing and how you could better your life or change your life to fix it, you know. And the taking ownership, I think you said it well. The Gemara says if a, if, if a person sees that that uh, Yisurim are coming on them, Yisurim are afflictions, bad things, start looking into your deeds. What did you do wrong? That's the solution. You know, a way that a Jew looks at, at, at bad things that happen to him is not, oh, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or God hates me. Or If we did that, if we folded, we'd be, we'd be nowhere. We wouldn't exist. Exactly. So instead of saying that, we ask ourselves, what could we do better next time to change it? What do we have to learn from this? I think that's that to me. That's I'm, I'm going to speak here in base Mordechai in Hollywood, the amazing base Mordechai in Hollywood. Um, that's what I'm, I'm planning on saying. Brought to you by. Brought to you by base Mordechai. <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's something that um, it transforms the kina from something obscure that we can't connect to, and bring okay. it home. So the second the, the second one I talk about the last one is is kina 23 Chaf Gimel. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to read it inside, but it's it's a fascinating story, sad story, fascinating story about the the daughter and the son. Of, um, of Rabbi Shmuel ben Elisha, the Kohen Gadol. He had a, a very beautiful, a very handsome um, son and a very beautiful daughter. And as a result of the destruction, they got separated and got sold as slaves. And the two masters, I mean, two ma- the master of the son and the master of the daughter, um, which were unaware that they were related, were speaking. And they said, oh, the, the one that had the son said, oh, I have a handsome slave here. He's good, he's strong, he's a good worker. And the, um, the other one, the other slave owner, which owned the daughter, yeah, um, no. d- which owned the daughter, uh, says, "Oh, I have a beautiful slave. She's a female. Let's 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 put them in a room, and hopefully they'll they'll be together, and we'll have more we'll have more of these slaves, right? We'll have more good slaves. In other words, yeah, like a breeding station, you know. Um, and and it goes into detail how they put them in, they lock them in the room for the whole night." And Rabbi Shmuel thinks that this woman is a Goya, right? She's, she's not a Jewish, which we're not allowed to have relations with. Uh, the girl thinks that he's, he, that the man in the room, because they couldn't see, didn't have any candles, it was dark, um, he's, that he's another slave, a, a non-Jewish slave, and they, they, they don't do anything with each other. They, go, they each go to their own corner and just cry the entire night about how it could be that people of such high stature that were the son of the daughter of, of, of the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, came to such a level. And as, as dawn comes up and they could see more and more, they see and recognize each other 
that they're brother and sister. And they look up and they hug each other and, and, and cry and thank God that they, they, they held themselves back and did not sin. And that's how they cried and cried until they died. Their neshama went up and they died embraced like that. That's Beautiful intense. story. Sorry? That's intense. It's really intense. Um, so we mentioned 41. It was our post that we mentioned earlier. And read the Rabbi Meir Ben Baruch. The Maharam of Rottenburg was present, and he wrote it. Uh, he was born in Worms, Germany in 1220. He studied with the greatest Tosafists, Rabbi Yitzchak in Würzburg, and Rabbi Huda and Moshe HaKohen of Mainz. You know, some big names in the European Jewish community um, in the early Middle Ages. And, right, so we mentioned the background, and he, he begins by... Saying, Oh, Torah by fire consumed, seek the welfare of your mourners and those who yearn to lodge in the courtyard of your dwelling, those who long to roll in the dust of the Holy Land, or it just says here of the land. Right? He's basically, you know, he's witnessing these handwritten texts of the Talmud being burnt, and he's yearning for a world where he can be in that land. And this won't happen. Right? And this brings it back to our conversation about why we yearn for Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem such a big deal? Why are we so obsessed? Why are we doing everything? We're obsessed. We are just tied at the hip with that city. <laughs> and the more you try to separate us, the more difficult things are going to be. Because we literally also learn that if I forget Jerusalem, may I forget what my right head can do. May I forget what my right hand can do. And may my tongue cleave to its palate. If I forget Jerusalem, tell me who else, you know, what other people are so obsessed with the city <laughs> at that point. Not that we're obsessed, you know, I'm exaggerating to make light of it, but the whole idea is that Rabbi Mayor is here witnessing this Torah being burnt. Nobody's doing anything about it. If anything, people are probably losing their minds, going crazy. Into the main public square, they helped our Talmud scrolls like the condemned property of an apostate city. There, men rejected from entering your congregation, burned exalted spoils. I know not who, how to find the straight road, which will lead me to you, fathom your ways. Has not your straight path become shrouded in mourning? It will be sweeter to my mouth than honey to mix tears into my drink and to have my feet chained into your shackles so that I might properly commiserate with your sorrow. He's just so depressed. And he's asking Hashem why. And, I mean, this reminds me of an episode, the episode in, in Eov, or in Job, when after all these terrible things that are happening to him, he yells, why? Why me? And God responds, have you seen this? Yeah. Who are you to ask me why? Yeah. Have you brought a fourth a sunrise? Have you, like, picked up an eagle and, sorry, have you, like, summoned an eagle for flight? Like, the, the wording is unbelievable. And it's almost like, yeah, it's like what you said earlier, just the essence of being alive, the essence of having this conversation, of you listening to this podcast, of you driving, of you washing your dishes, of you enjoying the amazing, enjoying the bleep out of this, <laughs> then it's all a blessing, right? We wake up in the morning, we say, thank you, Hashem, for bringing back my soul and allowing me to do this thing again, this thing that you call life. And 
that you created right, for us. This gift. And Tisha B'Av is a day that it almost, it floors us. It says, stop for a second. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about drink. I need you, I need you to sit down for 25 hours. Roughly. You gotta, you gotta sleep. And I need you to think. I need you to ask why, but not in a way of why me, but almost why does this have to happen again? Comma, if I put it in my hands, and then as a community, as we've always been successful, as a community, we get together as one. I think it's like a pre-wake up call to what Yom Kippur to the what Yom Kippur is in terms of a wake up call, right? The Jews blow this thing called the shofar at the beginning of this upcoming month, very soon. And the reason we start blowing the shofar, right? Sorry, Sfardim. Sorry, no, we blow. Everybody blows them starting Elul. Right. Sfardim starts saying uh, Slichot. Sfardim, I love you guys. Um, they're so much more dedicated. So much more dedicated. And their food. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, but we blow the shofar as a wake-up call because very soon it's going to be the new year. And for us, the new year isn't watching a ball drop and getting drunk and putting fireworks. It's sitting in synagogue, having delicious meals But when you get home, but sitting in synagogue and really taking, you know, a report of what your life, where you're at, you know, are you on your path? Are you on your mission? Are you happy? If you're not happy, why? Did you wrong someone? Have you spoken to them? Right? We, and now I'm, I'm reaching the 10 days of repentance that leads up to Yom Kippur. And it's not this thing where it's like, repent or die. It's like, no. Take notice. Have it be that wake-up call. And change. So that next year... Yom Kippur is in Jerusalem. We finish every Yom Kippur saying, next year in Jerusalem, right, with the temple. And in peace with the world and not, on, not a temple on top of somebody else's building as has been done to us a number of times. <laughs> well, I can think of one specifically. But everybody together, man. Allah... God, it's the same thing. We love you guys. You're our cousins. We want to be there with you. You just got to accept us. Straight up. Straight up. I don't care what people say nowadays. We were never accepted there. Before Israel happened, if Israel never happened, we would still not be accepted. This is amazing. I had an unbelievable... I mean, this was... We talked about a lot. It's yeah. going to be... Thank you so much for... Thank you for having me. It was really nice. It was really nice. Really nice. Good luck. Two Tall Jews show. Where can people Where can people find it? Where people people go I live on Spotify. Spotify exclusive. Spotify is unbelievable. Yeah, Spotify exclusive. So you can get it on Spotify only. Follow the Instagram page at Two Tall Jews and on this dangerous history. This was a special Tisha B'Av episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. We wish everybody an easy fast and a meaningful one. And like we said, may this, may this be the last one. Right? May this be the last one. Yeah.